Hey, 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 welcome back to RM Podcast FL. This is your favorite podcaster, Romina. So before we do jump into the today's episode, you guys, I owe you all an apology. I failed to launch a new episode last week, even though I did have the material. I have a lot going on with my personal life right now, and um, if you actually listen to this interview, you will get to hear a little bit more of what I am going through. Um, It's a lot going on in my life. I have been dealing with anxiety for quite some time, and after going nonstop, I felt like I just hit a wall and I could not get up. And the reason why I do this podcast is because I am very sincere and I try to say everything. I want to be my true self. And the reason why I say this podcast is important and I want everybody to learn at least one new thing because this type of conversations that I have with professionals of different careers are the conversations that are not only helping me to improve myself, but actually helping you guys as well. Um, today's guest is Serena Sabala. I connected with her quite some time ago, and this interview was conducted about a month ago. Um, Serena and me had a very detailed conversation when it came to anxiety and when it came to mental health. We sometimes tend to ignore things that we should not, such as stress, such as anxiety, and such as overdoing ourselves. And that is exactly what we cover in today's episode. But um, the interview was so amazing, and I'm really excited for you guys to listen to all of it. Um, Serena, she is a CEO of the Whole Shift Wellness. Serena and her husband have over 20 years of combined experience, and during this interview, you will get to know a little bit better of why she does what she does. Um, to get more to the basics of it, she does talk about a personal family story of what got her directed to her current career and we get into a little bit more details towards how to help somebody going through anxiety, how to prevent going through anxiety yourself and also how to how to overcome that step. I'm very excited regarding this interview. I asked a lot of selfish questions and I hope all of you guys can somehow benefit out of it too Um, and without losing any time. I would highly advise you to go ahead and listen to the full interview, but as well as go ahead and email her at info at wholeshiftwellness.com if you'd like to get in touch with her, as well as if you'd like to see her movie. It's called Like Father, or in Italian, Tale Padre, and it is on YouTube, which I will go ahead and attach all the information below. I hope you guys really enjoyed this interview and benefit out of it as much as I did. Okay, so thank you so much, guys, for tuning in and investing your time to RM Podcast FL. Today's guest is Serena Sabala. Thank you so much for being a part of our podcast. And Serena, how are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. It's a pleasure. So I know we connected a while back through spotagast.com, which is an amazing services. And no, guys, they're not paying me. It's just an amazing services to connect with professionals, just like Miss Serena. And I'll go ahead and pass on the mic to you. Ms. Serena, if you want to tell us a little bit about you, tell us about Young Youth today, walk us through your life. Sure. So I am a certified plant-based nutrition consultant, as well as a yoga teacher and a fitness trainer. Together with my husband, we are the founders of Whole Shift Wellness. It's a coaching company specialized in bespoke wellness programs for busy and time-pressed business owners. 
we have over 20 years of combined experience in various fields of the wellness industry. And this has allowed us to develop a proven methodology to shift you to your most fit, healthy, and confident self within one year. So this is what I'm up to. We're based in London. However, we also work remotely with clients from all over the world. And my husband is America, so we visit the, the U.S regularly every year we have a, a, a great following and client database there as well nice that's awesome so you combine you guys have over 20 years of experience now what did you say it's the biggest co correlation between being healthy and being happy how are those two coordinated with one another well they are profoundly interlinked uh, and um one cannot happen without the other. Um, just to give you a little bit of background of how I ended up doing what I do, um, the seed of health and wellness was planted in my consciousness at a very young age because when I was only eight years old, my father, who was a highly successful entrepreneur and had built a really successful business from the ground up, creating a profession that didn't even exist before his time, ended up getting sick and I now realize that was due to the fact that he simply didn't have the tools to take the best possible care of himself whilst also managing a very fast growing business, loads of employees, a young family and all the various you know, intricacies of, of his life. And so he ended up neglecting himself and that neglect turned into a full blown illness which sadly caused him to lose everything that he had worked so hard for his entire career with very profound um, implications and consequences for my life as well as, as the child at the time. And so that was when I really realized um, firsthand, I had firsthand experience of what it is like to lose your health and what are the profound consequences of that. And really everything in your life rests upon your level of health and well-being and there aren't enough money in the world to recover it once you lose it so therefore prevention is the single most effective powerful cheapest and, and best way about it when it comes to your health so um, i am very passionate about empowering individuals to really come to realize that nothing in your life is worth more than your health your health is what is the foundation is the fundamental pillar of, of your of any aspect of your life that is very true though because for example i live in florida right now where in america it's a fast moving economy and as much as you would say it's the promised land you have bills coming your way 24 7 and sometimes I see myself as immigrant family, I see my parents working nonstop to be able to afford a good status life, but they're not as healthy because they're not getting that enough sleep or they're not getting the nutrition necessary. What, uh, what would you say, like, how would you say people need to find that balance though? Because you're working a lot to be able to afford a good life for your family, but also you're not having that sleep, you're not having that energy that, you know, that you used to have when you were younger too, especially with the age. How do you find that balance? So that's, it's a, that's a huge topic and it's probably one of the most common mistakes we see busy professionals make time and time again. 
is the one of prioritizing their uh, worldly achievements, which is precisely what my dad did over uh, taking care of themselves. And it simply stems from bad habits built over years and essentially a lack of awareness of what it is that you're doing. Many of them, uh, you know, and society doesn't help us sadly because we're so outward driven, we're so driven to achieve, to get, to do, um, you know, bringing the attention back to yourself is not something that we're incentivized to do unless, and this is what we see happen time and time again, unless you end up having a breakdown and it becomes doctor's orders. So sadly, most people tend to leave it until it's a bit too late and it becomes an emergency, a crisis, and they have to deal with it. And, you know, in many instances, fortunately, they've managed to turn their lives around as a result of a diagnosis or a health scare or an accident or a breakdown. However, uh, the nature of my job, first and foremost, is that of educating people on the fact that if you push it to that level, you are, number one, a high risk of not being able to fully recover. For an instance, my dad has never really fully recovered. He's, he's never, he was never the, the same person he was before he got sick. And number two, you, are, you put yourself at risk of losing way more than it requires to prevent the crisis from happening. So it's just about, it's a, it's, a, it's a process of shifting your perspective and really recognizing what the priorities are and really recognizing that putting your earnings first before your health is, is actually the least of the smart financial decisions you can make. Um, because if you do lose your health, you're gonna end up spending way more money than it would cost you to prevent that from happening. And most people simply don't know and don't realize that. And, and it's about educating them on the fact that that's the case and really explaining to them that what are the repercussions. So I would agree with that, but then I also want to share something personal. Back on May and on June, I was the person that would work 50, 60 hours a week, go to school barely sleep because I have those goals that I want to hit and everything. And then on June, I very good remembered on my birthday week, I got so sick. Like I start having stomach pain and I start getting like anxiety because I wasn't getting enough sleep and because I felt like all these goals weren't being hit. So just the hospital bills were not worth my 50, 60 hours a week of work. So unfortunately, I had to learn that experience firsthand. And when I try to explain it to somebody, they think I'm overreacting. But, but it's not because the, especially ER bills here in America, you are looking at $2,000, $3,000 even with insurance. And it's unfortunately, that did happen to me. And I learned my lesson a little bit. So I'm trying to slow the pace. But it's, I'm 27. So I learned that lesson at young. But as older you are, it's not as easy to recover your health. And you can correct me on this if I'm wrong. No, no, you're absolutely right. And this is a sad fact is the more you push it, because essentially, uh, health and well being works as compound, you know, so the more little good things you do every day, the more you get a compound positive effect. But the same works the other way around. The more you neglect yourself, the more you get a compound negative effect over a long period of time. 
So people sometimes get really surprised that they get sick or they have a breakdown and they say, but I didn't do anything different this month than I did last month. And I say to them, but that's exactly the problem you've been doing that this neglect has been kind of accumulating slowly, 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 slowly until often it takes something really small or just that little kind of thing that tips you over the edge before it becomes a full-blown crisis. But it's not because you did anything massively wrong at once. It's because you've been doing a lot of things to neglect yourself over a long period of time. So the longer you leave it, the harder it is in a sense and the higher the risk. However, it is never too late to start. It is never too late to improve. It is never too late. Because, you know, I have a lot of clients in their mid-50s and 60s. And so they come to me and tell me, oh, what's the point? It's too late anyways. And that is the very attitude that will end you uh, in a very bad situation sooner than intended, you know. Because you wouldn't say that about credit card debt, right? You wouldn't say, oh, it's too late. I might as well just spend the rest of my life getting more and more and more and more in debt until they, they take my house away from me, they take my car away from me, and I end up on the streets. You know, that's just not constructive attitude. So the sooner you get on it, the less amount of hours, time, and money you have to put in to get yourself back together. However, it's never too late to start. So just just do it. Just do small, small incremental improvements, but never give up on yourself. But also on a budgeting perspective, though, because the more you work, the more health issues you might have, um, and the more bills are going to come your way. So it's kind of like if you make 100, but you spend 70, you left with 30. So maybe if you make 80, but you spend 10 on health, you're more in your pocket. So like you have to look, do like a reverse engineering and look at the bottom line, too. That's really smart. I call it false economy. When you uh, push and push and push and push to make it as much money as possible at all costs, and you end up neglecting yourself and getting yourself sick, and, and like you just said, you think that you're doing the, the smart financial thing of working as hard as possible, when actually you might not be, because like you said, you end up spending more money than you're actually making, number one. Number two, and this is something that I really emphasize with our clients. It is really important, especially our generation. I think this is our responsibility to shift our perspective from quantity of work to quality of work. Because, you know, we are not in the industrial revolution era any longer where all that matters is how much money you spend, like tightening a bolt to create a, a car or what have you. Many of us have vocational jobs, thankfully, and do things that require an element of inspiration and creativity and passion and joy. And the more of that you can bring into your work, the more you will find that actually you can work less and make more because the quality of your work is improved if you are feeling better, if you are happier, if you are healthier, if you're more fulfilled, you know? So... This is another massive shift that we actually see with our clients before our very eyes. The moment they start prioritizing themselves and taking care of themselves more, the quality of, your life as a, of their lives as a whole improve and this renewed positive energy filters through all areas of life. 
What did you say it's the biggest misconception though whenever it comes to mental health and whenever it comes to somebody's like inner peace? Because I know like I'm Albanian originally and is a stigma in Albania. Now it's getting a little bit better, but especially in uh, close countries like Mediterranean countries, if you're going through a hard time, you're supposed to just men up or woman up and just deal with it because you are strong. How do you, how do you help somebody? Like what, what can how can we change the misconception about needing to support somebody when they're going through hard time even though you're they're working nonstop and they're being the supporter for the family yeah that's a really good point and it's one of the reasons why i made the movie that i made which is a movie that chronicles my family's experience in dealing with my dad's bipolar disorder that was the illness that that my dad got caught up in he got mentally ill with bipolar disorder and he still is and, and you're absolutely right. I'm from Sicily in Italy. And my dad got ill in the early 90s when, uh, you know, the word depression was starting to be used at times, but bipolar depression wasn't even remotely known. And there was, there still is a stigma around mental illness. Because I think people fail to recognize that it is, it genuinely is a form of illness like any other. It's a part of your body, your brain, that loses its balance, its ability to balance itself. But because some of the symptoms show up as um, characteristic of personality traits, because mental illness actually affects your personality and it affects your way of expressing yourself. Um, it is many people uh, don't understand that they, that person is actually ill and, and, and there is a chemical imbalance in their brain. They think that they're just being difficult, they're just being slumpy, they're just being lazy or whatever it is. So it becomes like almost like a fault of character. This is the misconception. So the single most important thing to do is to educate people on what mental health and mental illnesses are. It's like having diabetes. It's like having a heart attack. It is an illness. It's not, a, um, it's not a personality trait or a personality fault. I, I think that's one of the biggest misconceptions around it that gets in the way of people getting the help that they need and, and really appreciating that you do need professional help and you do need treatment. And sometimes you even need medication like you would in any other situation where, where you go sick and i feel like today's society too though is putting more pressure towards being perfect because yeah. um everybody and actually this is a post that i'm gonna i'm gonna post online because i say this everybody tends to put the positive and the achievements online but they never put the failures so Correct. So to break that, I actually wanted to hold myself accountable. And recently I applied for a TED talk here at uh, my college and I did not get accepted for it. So I'm actually, I actually made a video of sharing one of my failures because if I'm going to stick true to myself, it is okay to fail. But because I feel like it's the stigma of like, you have to succeed, you have to do this. And it's so much pressure that we had like 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. I think it's uh, it, it's a matter of it being more out in the open than ever before, because it's kind of the other side of social media. Is yes, you're you're able to share everything with everybody almost instantaneously all over the world. The other side of that is is that um, it can easily become a fake reality, 
and and people think that your life is all they see on social media when there's way 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 more to it to to anybody's life than than what is shown on social media but i think i think it's also really important to reframe what failure really is you know me if i look at my life and i look back and i've been through very radical profound changes some of the most difficult times in my life, the times when I was perceiving myself as failing, were nothing but times, big junctions, where you know the universe was trying to shift me in a different direction, um, which didn't look anything like what I wanted at that time, but turned out to be way better than anything I could have imagined. So um, sometimes a failure is nothing but a prod in a different direction. So for instance, your TED Talk instance, it could very well be the case that you're not meant to be doing it right now, speaking about what you want to speak right now. You will get it at a later time when you will have a far greater experience and you will do a far greater job and you'll talk about something that will really resonate to people. So is it really a failure or is it more just life not going to plan? And us having to learn to appreciate that that's not a bad thing. It's just life. That is very true. And for the longest time before I used to get upset when I would get a no for an answer or when I would get ex- wouldn't get accepted for, for something. But now I've changed my mindset towards everything happens for a reason. Like we say this expression, but I don't feel like all the time people actually understand it. But everything happens for a reason. Like, if you do a backtrack analysis of your life, you will see things that happen that you were probably very mad, very upset, cried over it for a month or so, and then your life changed. So to switch that mindset is like, if it's a no, it's okay. If I really want it, I'm going to try it again because nothing worth is easy coming too. Absolutely. And I can tell you now, in hindsight, the biggest no's that I've ever received in my life have always been the greatest blessings. Like without fail, whenever I got the biggest, most disappointing no, whether it was a relationship or a job or or an opportunity, that turned out to be the best possible thing that could have ever happened to me. That's, thank you for sharing that. I feel like some other listeners definitely need to hear that as well. Now, I, I do have another question because I feel like being an entrepreneur, it's like the trendy thing nowadays. I think it's silly because people don't even know how to do accounting or budgeting or taxes and they just want to run a business when they don't know the basics of project management or nothing like that, which I feel like you need to have some very fundamental basics uh, whenever you're running a business. Whenever it comes to health or whenever it comes to um you know, like personal training or anything like that. What do you see is the biggest, uh, biggest mistakes that rookie uh, business owners make? Yeah. So the first most important mistake that they make is that they know that they're not taking good enough care of themselves, but they fail to take one active step in the direction towards improving that. And especially startup business owners, because they're under such pressure to get going and they're so motivated to get started and they're really passionate about what they're doing and they really want to, they tend to be quite impatient. And I put myself under their umbrella because I can be quite impatient. We want results right away. So the first thing that tends to be pushed to the sidelines is their health and well-being. 
and and so they they think to themselves oh i'll do it once you know we get established or i'll do it once i can hire a pa or i'll do it once we get to x amount of revenue and they push it and push it and push it and they don't realize that actually the success of their business runs on the shoulders of their health and well-being and if they actually did create a mini routine and it doesn't have to be invasive a routine that allows them to take care of themselves as they grow their business they would be way more successful in their business than if they just neglected it and pushed it to the side and and and, and waited for things to get easier because i can tell you this much as an entrepreneur and business owner business is never going to get easier you know you will get better as you get better you continue to challenge yourself more so you continue to be stretched it's a journey of always being a little bit stretched out of your comfort zone so if you're waiting to have you know everything sorted out and everything well balanced and everything pretty smooth before you start taking care of yourself you'll be waiting your entire life that's so true though because i don't feel like that's just with business owners but that's with even me or my friends like it just you, you're running running and then you have this list that you don't step away for a moment and actually just stay in bed for a day or just watch a movie for a day like yesterday i i read this one new book and i was in bed all day and i was like oh my god this is amazing i forgot the feeling but it's very important to regain that energy too though mm, it's it's essentially what will make your business incredibly successful the the essentially the success of your business is literally directly proportionate to your energy levels and and what you can bring to the table like the two things are not disjointed they literally go hand in hand so the more you have to bring to the table which means you have to be able to give to yourself to have more to give the more the business will grow the faster the business will grow so understanding and appreciating that really allows people to to then shift the mindset and start rejiggling their priorities. So how, how easy or how hard is it for somebody to accept that they have an issue? For example, like I'll share with mine, like I said, I'm Albanian. So in Albania, it's a stigma of mental health. And um, I was diagnosed with anxiety. Like I was having this chest pain and I was like, I don't know. I don't like, I don't know how to explain it. Maybe I drank too much coffee, like, because it came for a while. I was just running on coffee and, like, having four hours of sleep. How, how do you break it down to somebody to accept the fact that they need to slow down? Because for me, it was, like, good luck to the doctors. And now I'm, like, I wish I listened to you guys, like, five, six months ago because now I'm on the breaking point that I just need a full rest. But, like, how do you break it down to somebody and tell them to make the stop right now before they get to my level of stress, for example. Yeah. So, um, th thankfully most of the people that come to us have already acquired that realization that something is not right. So they might not exactly understand what and how precisely things are not functioning and they might not be able to see certain links. It is very important to recognize and appreciate, and this is something that I remind everybody, that the most powerful thing sometimes you can go after is the perspective of somebody outside of yourself who has certain experience in the field that can look 
into your life from a third party perspective to see the things that you can't see on your own. We call them blind spots. It's really the reason why even the most successful athletes in the world have a coach. And so I say this to our clients, I'm like, why do you think that Roger Federer, who is the greatest tennis, um, tennis player in the world, has not one, but several coaches telling him how to play tennis. Like if they were to play tennis together, Roger, Roger and his coach, who do you think would win the match? You know, there's no doubt that Roger would win the match. So why does he have somebody who's not even as good as him at playing tennis, um, coaching him to play tennis? And the reason why that is, is because you cannot see your own blind spots. It doesn't matter how good you are. It doesn't matter how smart you are. It doesn't matter how accomplished you are. I can't see my own blind spots. The only way that you can spot a blind spot is, well, there's two ways. The first one, and it's one that we touched on briefly earlier on, you have a breakdown. So it's literally like as if you're driving a car and you have a blind spot that you can't see in the rear mirror. And, and the only way that you discover that there was something there is if you crash into it. So you have a health scare like you did, you get a diagnosis, you get literally, you hit a wall. The second way, which is the one that I would advise on the most, is actually you have somebody that you trust, that you know what they're doing, and they can see them because they're looking from the outside in. So if you can find somebody and build a level of trust and know that they have your greatest interest in mind, they will be able to show you things about your behavior, your life, your patterns that you can't see for yourself because you're just too immersed in it. And that will be, will be the single most impactful and powerful thing you can do to improve not only your health and well-being, but the quality of your life as a whole. I have to say that I'm loving this conversation right now because not this is going to be great for our audience, but it's very educational for myself as well as that's something that um, I am struggling with right now too. And that's the main thing for the podcast. Uh, I try to reach professionals of different careers and um, I see that at the end of the day, no matter how successful somebody is, they all go through episodes. So I'm not the only one out there. So it's just something that I have to learn to you know, to overcome and become better with myself. So that's like the selfish reason for the podcast. And then mm -hmm. the other reason is why not share this to a bigger audience? Because I'm sure I'm not the only one that can, you know, actually learn from this great advice and actually learn from these conversations. No, it's, it's, it's amazing. And thank you for doing this because it's, uh, it's essentially, uh, it's almost like a, an epidemic in days, in these days and age. And but I am highly optimistic and I truly believe that, you know, part of the awakening of humanity as a whole is going to revolve around us learning to take better care of ourselves. Because essentially, and this is what we say to our clients, in order to be able to have the greatest possible impact in the world and, and do the best job and help those around you, you have to be your greatest self first. So we tell them you've got to be selfish first in order to be able to be selfless. So I think the shift is taking place and people are really starting to appreciate that it is the, the smart and, and, and most effective way to live your life. It is. And coming from a person that is like always running, running, like I moved to America at 17 years old by myself, which was bananas when I think of it. But like 10 years later of going, going, going nonstop, like you hit that breaking point and you're like, oh my God, what am I doing? Mm 
like I'm hitting all those goals, I'm doing all this, but you're not enjoying your sleep or you're barely sleeping because of stress. So that's why I find this conversation very educational when it comes to me. And I definitely want to thank you again for taking your time because I'm, I'm loving all this, like I have to say. And that's why whenever I conduct the questions with the guests, I conduct the questions to be very real. Um, instead of just being just another interview, I know some of my other podcasters out there, they just jump in the call or do the interview and that's it. But we had that one-on-one conversation prior hand because I want to make sure, you know, everybody is a great fit for the podcast and not only I will learn a lot, but also the audience. Brilliant. And, you know, what you have on your side, which is not to be underestimated, is time. You're still so very young and you are asking the right questions to yourself and of yourself and are already at least aware of certain patterns that weren't serving you. So uh, just, just questioning your behavior and your habits is the, the first and most fundamental step. And then from then on, you can kind of navigate the changes and move gradually to make the improvements you need to make. Thank you. And then um, how, if you're on the other side though, if you're the friend and the family and you see your, your friend or family member struggling through this, how can you be a good support system? How, what type of questions can you ask? So not necessarily put them at the corner of what's going on, tell me about this, but like how can you make it conversational and have them open up to you? Because it's very important to open up to some, a trusted person. Right. Now, that's one of the hardest possible things to navigate. I'm not even going to lie. I know for a fact that I get through to our clients way better than their family does. And this is just a fact of life. Even I am like that. You know, if a family member comes to me with a comment or a remark, I tend to get more defensive than if it was a professional. So actually, sometimes the most effective thing a family member can do, uh, if possible, is to get a trustworthy professional involved in the conversation because the truth of the matter is is that without making the individual feel like there is like an emergency going on uh, but just exposing them to different messages whether it's buying them a book or sending them a link to a podcast or an article something that could spark the thought in the individual without it feeling like somebody is judging them Essentially, what tends to put our back up, and I speak for myself as well, is we, we often feel like sometimes a comment that a family member makes with the greatest intentions in mind because they want what's best for us can easily land as us being judged for the choices that we make in life. And that tends to put the defenses up and then we don't listen anymore. And like, we're like, I know what to do. I don't need you to tell me what to do. Whereas if it's a third party, if it's, you know, somebody who does it for a living that has their way, you know, I now know how to navigate certain conversations without making people feel defensive, just out of sheer experience. You know, after you've talked with so many people, you know, certain dynamics and you know, what buttons to push, but also I'm the expert, you know, so they're more open to listening to me and I might be telling them the same things that their husband or wife had been telling them for six months, maybe. But when it comes from me, when it comes from the expert and when it comes from a third party who's unbiased and objective, it always tends to land more easily. So my first recommendation to a family member would be try and expose them to certain messages uh, coming from third parties in a way that is very non-aggressive and not judgmental that could plant that seed in their mind of like, oh, maybe this is 
oh, maybe this is something I'm doing wrong that I could be improving on. The second and most important thing is whenever you have a conversation with somebody that you think is struggling is to show a lot of empathy and compassion and do not judge. And you need to really check in with yourself before you go into the conversation because the moment you're coming from a place of judgment, the other person is immediately going to shut down and not even listen to one word that you say. So rather than it being a case of you telling anybody what they need to be doing or what they should be doing, it's more a case of asking questions. So how are you? What's going on? Tell me about it. What are you going through? Is there anything, is there any challenges you're going through instead of immediately going in with the advice, you know, because then that becomes a little bit kind of like, oh, what do the other person might feel like, what do you know? You don't know anything about my life and you're coming in straight in just with advice. But I feel like most of the people listen to reply, not listen to understand too. So that's another uh, thing that why a lot of people don't open up to family members or to other people because they'll listen and they'll just think of the reply without you even finishing it. Yeah. They're not genuinely interested in the full spectrum of the conversation. They've already made up their mind on what's going on and what needs to happen. And so if you go into a conversation with your mind already made up, rather than with literally the, the interest of wanting to discover what's going on, then the other person is going to sense that for sure. So if you were to uh, build a perfect world, <laughs> what, what, what do they look like to you? Because I know you're very passionate about helping others and you definitely want everybody to succeed and be healthy mentally, physically. But yeah. if you were to build the perfect world, what would they look like for you? The perfect world is first and foremost a world where everybody is so attuned with themselves and takes such greater care of themselves that they never need anybody else's help to take care of them, you know? That's my mission. And it's, it could be counterintuitive because essentially in the perfect world, I wouldn't have a job. I would have to find Yeah, something. I was about to say, you, you yeah. wouldn't have a job then. Absolutely. That's what, I, that's what I'm working for. I'm working for the world, for a world, an ideal world where I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. I would have to find something else to do because people would be so present with themselves, so in touch with themselves and so good are taking the best possible care of themselves that they never really need outside help in that field and therefore all they can focus their energy and attention on is being their best selves fulfilling their passion you know contributing to their families and their communities and the entire world as a whole that's that would be a really great world not for you but for a lot of people for everybody because think about it the moment you neglect yourself you're inherently being really selfish because at some point, sooner or later, somebody's going to have to take care of you. That's true. So the perfect world is a world where we don't have to take care of anybody other than our own selves and obviously small children up till the age of 18. <laughs> That's true. Unfortunately, they cannot take care of themselves <laughs> to a certain age. They do need help. Up to a point. But you can empower, even with children, you can educate and empower them to mm -hmm. take care of themselves first so that they become adults who know how to do that. <laughs> so um, what, what is, is there like any exciting projects that you're currently working on? Cause I understand we're trying to work towards a perfect world, but what is your next, con con 
your next contribution to the perfect world. Is there any cool project that you're working on that you like yes. to share? Yes, thank you for asking. So my next contribution to this perfect world is my first book, actually, called Make the Shift, a proven methodology to shift to your most fit, healthy, and confident self. And it's coming out by the end of the year. Um, and for anybody who's interested in staying in touch, we've actually developed this really cool uh, tool that we're still currently offering completely free on our website. It's a scorecard questionnaire that you can fill in to help you score your levels of development across what we've come to establish are the three pillars of health and well-being. So you answer 40 questions, it only takes five minutes and then you get a personalized comprehensive PDF report sent by email with your areas where you have most room for growth and tips so that you can start kind of really making small adjustments. So anybody who fills in the scorecard questionnaire on our website uh, will also learn about my book before anybody else as soon as it comes out in a few months. Um, and this is all on our website, www.wholeshiftwellness.com. And you do have international clients as well, right? Yes. We have local packages for our local clients here in the UK. And then we have international offerings for people who, like to, who would like to work with us remotely. We have a number of clients in the US, like I was, like I was telling you. So we, wanna, we, we do our utmost to make our methodology and our work as accessible as possible from all over the world. Perfect. So again, the website for um, all the listeners, they do want to reach out. We have a lot of them from United States, but we do have a lot from, uh, from UK and from Europe. So it's whole W H O L E shift S H I F T wellness.com. That's the website. Perfect. Awesome. And I'm going to actually do the questionnaire and I would love to read the book as well. Yeah. Um, there, there's going to be a new type of um, setup for the podcast. It's going to be book reviews. And I would love to do a review on it too because I love reading books. I don't, I start shifting actually, not necessarily reading New York's best time sellers because I feel like it's just a lot of marketing and sales that go behind it. And that's why it helps better. I'm starting to read other books from like actually like people that I have on the podcast to get to know them a little bit better and learn more or people that actually put their effort and wrote their first book, which I would love to read that book too. I feel like it would be very helpful for me as well. I will send you a free copy as soon as it's out. Awesome. Yep. I'd love to do a review. I'm excited for this. <laughs> Well, I feel like this interview not only helped me a lot, just kind of cleared some things in my own head, but also just talking with somebody and feeling understood. I feel like that's very important. So thank you again for taking your time for this. And then my very last question, as we all know, uh, what is your personal definition of success? Wow, that's a brilliant question. I think uh, being able to manifest the life of my dreams is which is very different for me as it would be for anybody else and and getting to really uh, live in line with my passion and my purpose um i would say that 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 that's the definition of success for me that's a good one i like that well 
Thank you so much for taking your time and being a part of the podcast. And all for you, all my listeners out there, I will attach Serena's information on the details. So make sure to get in touch with her for any questions or concerns, as well as take the questionnaire online. And if you do want to listen to great episodes just like this one, make sure to tune in every Tuesday on RM Podcast FL on all the podcast platforms. Hope you guys have a great rest of the day.